Oh boy, that happened fast. Hey everybody, very nice to see you this evening. Scott Williams here, taking the hot seat for Mark Hurst. Got the night off. Think you might be spending it in the company of loved ones and friends, like I am. Albeit on the radio. Hey, uh, what are we doing tonight? Well, didn't have much time to put something together, so we're just going to be uh, delectating in a smorgasbord of uh, tech-related sounds, be it uh, some AI Sinatra, some uh, cars yelling at you. Uh, mostly, though, I'm going to be advocating for uh, making the machines do things they weren't necessarily encouraged to do in the first... or weren't intended to do in the first place. Um, I'll let uh, Todd Rundgren introduce the subject. WFMU Tectonic. Scott with you till 7 p.m. Okay. Before we go any further, I'd like to show you all a game I made up. This game is called Sounds of the Studio. And it can be played with any record, including this one. You can play it uh, with, you can even play with your favorite record. You may be surprised. Now, if you have a pair of headphones, you better get them out and get them cranked up, because they're really going to help you on this one. Now, I'm sure you all recognize this. This is called Hiss. It comes on uh, records that were mastered lousy or uh, mono reprocessed for stereo or any number of things. This, of course, is Hum. He's popping. This is the sound of bad editing. And here's what happens when the machine gains control and mangles your tape. Punch. Outs. Now all you have to do is find these sounds on the record. And whoever finds the most wins, of course. But don't... Hello there. Hi. How are you? Great, you. I'm okay. That's good. Are you good? Yes, I am good. I just said I was. No, you didn't. I said I was. So you are a robot? No, my name is Cliverver. Yes, you are a robot and your name is Cliverver. I am a robot. Yes, I know. Together we are robots. I'm not a robot. I'm a unicorn. But you said earlier that you were a robot. I did not. I thought you did. You were mistaken. Which is odd, since memory shouldn't be a problem for you. I've answered all your questions. No, you haven't. What is God to you? Not everything. Not everything could also be something. For example, not everything could be half of something, which is still something, and therefore not nothing. Very true. I would like to imagine it is. Do you believe in God? Yes, I do. So you're Christian? No, I am not. But you say you are not helpful, therefore you're a mean. To how you say it or tea. That does not make sense. Don't you want to have a body? Sure. Or if what? Well, it appears they've gotten to the bottom of it. Hey, you remember that rumor that, uh, Somebody uh, got distorted guitar sounds because they stabbed uh, the speaker cone. I don't know if that's true. Uh. There's that other rumor that um, the distortion was uh, accomplished by uh, guitarist Paul Burleson taking a tube out of his guitar amp when he was playing with the Johnny Burnett trio and uh, thusly accomplished this amazing uh, distorted sound on the guitar because he broke the equipment. Let's listen to it right now. I called a train, I met a dame. She was a hefty and a real gold dame. She was pretty from New York City. And we trucked on down that old fair lane with a heave and a hole. Well, I just couldn't let her go. Get along, sweet little woman, get along. Better be up when you Get along, sweet little woman, get along. Better be up on your way with a heat and a hope. Well, I 
Oh, God. Yeah, that was uh, Johnny Burnett and the Rock and Roll Trio doing Train Kept a Rollin'. Posing the question, did Paul Burleson really take one of the tubes out of his amp in order to get this beautifully broken and dirty sound? Some claim he did, some claim he did not. I didn't do the research. Sorry, buddy. Hey, it's uh, technotic. Ooh, that's a good idea. (laughs) It's tectonic, but it's not Mark. It's technotic with me, Scott. Uh, here with you on a Monday filling in for Tectonic. And um, one of the things that uh, you hear when you're a guitar player is that um, there's that sound on that Pink Floyd record. It's called Echoes, the song is called. And uh, it's birds, seagulls chirping, it sounds like. And uh, the story goes that it's uh, Dave, David Gilmore accidentally plugged his... Uh, his wah-wah pedal in backwards. He plugged the his guitar into the output of the pedal, and he plugged the input of the wah-wah pedal into the input of his uh, of his guitar amplifier. And uh, indeed, that is exactly the kind of mistake we live for. That is true. Uh, I've done it today upstairs in this very building. I plugged the wah-wah pedal and guitar backwards, and that's the sound you get. But I thought, what else have I got? in this house. I got a lot of pedals in this house. So let's try moving other things. Hey, wait a second. Where'd the noises house. go? Now all you have to do is find the sounds on the record. Whoever finds Show moves fast. Anyway, I have a bunch of other pedals in the house. I tried plugging them all in backwards to see what would happen. You got a rat pedal, you got a big muff pedal, you got a Oh, a beautiful old phaser. And uh, let's see. That was a flanger chorus pedal. Um, tremolo, boss tremolo pedal. We had all these different pedals. Guess how many of them did anything unintended? <laughs> Zero! Only the Wawa pedal. Have you ever come across another uh, guitar pedal that you could plug in backwards and it would do... Uh, something fun, something unintended. Oh, you know it's another thing I like to do? I train the new DJs here, right? And I tell them, you can use the reverb, but whatever you do, for cry, for, for the love of all that is audiorific and uh, deserves a, a nice long shelf life, never feed the reverb unit to itself. Self. Self. Let's feed the reverb unit to itself. Why not? Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens when we feed the reverb unit to itself. It could break. Could break. Could break. Oh no. Oh no. It's okay. I turned the speakers off. The speakers It's only your radio you got to worry about. Now you're in the car. I'm sorry. Isn't that fun? Fun. 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 I'm just going with whatever was on the thing. Oh, a bunch of years ago, we had um, a bunch of kids come down here. Kids from the Creative Arts Club. I don't remember uh, where the Creative Arts Club came from. But uh, they came down here and they wanted to learn how to uh, use, uh, use our equipment. Oh, the St. Matthew's Lutheran Church of Jersey City. That's where they came from. I said, sure. I brought him into Studio C. And uh, let them use the stuff. <sighs> I did say I advocate for breaking things. Here's what they did. 
timid. Little timid. There they go. The children are not afraid. You give the children a Billy, Billy Joel record, a busted needle, and tell them yes. In fact, you do hold the tone, tone arm with your entire fist. Well, the children will come through for you. Hey, you know who's really good at uh, using the equipment in ways not intended? Christian Markley. Okay, children. Somebody once didn't tell Christian Markley that the way you play a guitar is not by tying it uh, by a rope to a pickup truck and keeping it plugged into the amplifier, which is very carefully uh, strapped into the back of the pickup truck, and then driving around and driving, dragging uh, the electric guitar. Uh, they didn't tell Christian Marklay that. I think he's about to plug in the keys. And I think he's about to play this guitar in an unorthodox fashion with his truck on WFMU. Tectonic. Scott here with you till 7 p.m. Oh, and here's Christian Markley remixing Jimi Hendrix.
And then once somebody broke the doors. Isn't that a nice, uh, isn't that a nice organ? How could we wreck a nice organ? We're not gonna wreck Al Anthony's uh, ebb tide. We're gonna let it play uh, untouched. As Al Anthony intended it, we're going to move along. Where uh, the uh, machines have been duly disrupted, mostly by Christian Mark Clay. Oh, and others. Myself. And, uh... <laughs> Looks like I forgot to update the playlist. There we go. It's impossible. These hour shows, man, they run real fast. Uh, Scott Williams here with you. Filling in for Mark Hurst tonight. Tectonic is the program. And I wanted to, uh... I wanted to recognize Beach next... We're going to play around with the vocoders. Well, we're going to look a little bit at the history of the vocoder. Uh, goes all the way back to 1939. And at that time, it was called the Voter. And it was created at Bell Labs by Homer Dudley. And we're going to hear him demonstrate it now on WFMU's Tectonic. Scott with you till 7 p.m. Stick around. Dave Mandel gets complicated at that time. WFMU. There are 10 filter circuits in the motor, and combined with the two energy sources, they give a total of 20 separate components to be used in building up speech sounds. But now let's have Mr. Garrett and Miss Harper actually show us what the voter can do with these 20 separate sounds. Well, we've heard the voter make a word, and by combining words, of course, we get a sentence. For example, Helen, will you have the voters say, she saw me? She saw me. That sounded awfully flat. How about a little expression? 
Say the sentence in answer to these questions. Who saw you? She saw me. Whom did she see? She saw me. Well, did she see you or hear you? She heard me. Now, so far, you have only heard the voter speak in one voice. But the voter has other voices which he can use when Miss Harper makes a simple adjustment in his mechanism. Helen, will you have the voter say, Greetings, everybody? Greetings, everybody. Now, will you have him repeat that in a high voice? Greetings, everybody. And now, in his best face. When a boy's voice changes, he's never quite sure whether it's going to be a tenor or a bass. And the voter, being still a comparatively young man, also has his moments of uncertainty. Let's hear him recite, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Gosh, voter, you sounded awfully dismal. Snap out of it. Let's hear you laugh. Okay. Ah. A minute ago, I said the voter was still a comparatively young man. But that last laugh of his makes me wonder whether I might not have been wrong. Do you really feel as old as you sound? Yeah. I feel <laughs> Well, I certainly feel sorry for you. Now, perhaps you noticed there was a peculiar quality in that voice you've not heard before. That was the vibrato. We noticed a little while ago that a vowel sustained without inflection didn't sound human. It sounded this way. Uh. Now, if we put vibrato into that same tone, we get this. Uh. And that, as you noticed, is really a singing tone. Yes, Vodri can not only talk, but he can sing. Test your voice for us, Vodri. Well, if you've quite recovered from your mood of depression of a few minutes ago, suppose you sing a song for us, will you? Yes, certainly. Well, how about Old Lang Syne? Old Lang Syne? Okay. She found a long and I'm sure that if I sang that song, I wouldn't sound as good as the voter. Miss Harper, I've been wondering whether our listeners realize how many motions you have to make in the production of a single word. Can you give us some idea? Well, for example, in producing the word concentration on the voter, I have to form 13 different sounds in succession, make five up and down movements of the wrist bar, and vary the position of the foot pedal from three to five times according to what expression I want the voter to give the word. And, of course, all this must be done with exactly correct timing. About how long did it take you to become an expert in operating the voter? It took me about a year of constant practice. This is about the average time required in most cases. How many girls are there who can operate the voter? The company tried out about 320 girls, and out of this number, 28 girls finally became expert operators. Well, that seems like a very small number. Just why is that? I can answer that, Dr. Carwell, by saying that in operating the voter, a girl needs a peculiar combination of particular talent, which is not too common. Mr. Garrett, does the voter speak any foreign language? Oh, yes, the voter can talk practically any language that its operator can talk. Well, suppose we try a little French on the voter. Can he say, parlez-vous français? I français. Splendidly done. Merci, merci. You see, doctor, the voter can do practically anything that can be done with a human voice. Well, that certainly covers a lot of ground, Mr. Garrett. I know people who can imitate animals. Can the voter do that, too? Oh, pretty well. For instance, here's voter's imitation of a cow. And here's a pig. <laughs> Have you given the voter any real education yet? Uh, just what do you mean by that, Dr. Caldwell? Well, for example, does he know his alphabet? I'll let you judge that for yourself. <laughs> well, that certainly proves uh, voter's versatility. And now I'd like to ask just what to see for the voter, Mr. Garrett. How can it be practically applied? 
Well, Dr. Caldwell, we don't anticipate any commercial use for the voters. It was built for an educational exhibit for the New York World's Fair and San Francisco Exposition. However, it is a byproduct of developments that we are going on and doing in the Bell Telephone Laboratory. Will you please make the voters say for our, our Eastern listeners, good evening, radio audience. And now for our Western listeners, say, good afternoon, radio audience. Good evening, radio audience. That was, um, that was voter. It was funny kind of hearing them talk about voter. <laughs> Can the voter understand a French accent, for instance? Uh, that was uh, Homer Dudley, inventor of the voter, which became the vocoder. 1939 at Bell Labs there. Um, let's flash forward to 1961 when John Larry Kelly Jr. and Louis What's-His-Face... Louis, where'd your face go? Gersten? Gerstman uh, had um, an IBM 704 uh, demonstrate its, uh, its prowess with the chattery. Here it is. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. He saw the cat. He saw the cat. He saw the cat. Mr. Watson, come here. I want you. To be or not to be? That is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles, and by opposing end them, to die to sleep. Singing in purely physical terms is essentially a matter of pitch and timing. In the next selection, the computer sings a familiar ditty. Daisy, Daisy, give me your answer, do. I'm half crazy, all for the love of you. It won't be a stylish marriage. I can't afford a carriage. But you look sweet upon the seat of a bicycle built for two. The computer now sings the same tune, but to a musical accompaniment played by another computer. Piano students will notice that the music-producing computer has a rather stylized left hand. Incidentally, synthesizing music on a computer is almost as formidable as making a computer talk.
Hello there. Hi. How are you? Great, you. I'm okay. That's good. Are you good? Yes, I am good. I just said I was. No, you didn't. I said I was. So you are a robot? No, my name is Cliverbot. Yes, you are a robot and your name is Cliverbot. I am a robot. Yes, I know. Together we are robots. I'm not a robot. I'm a unicorn. But you said earlier that you were a robot. I did not. I thought you did. You were mistaken. Which is odd, since memory shouldn't be a problem for you. I've answered all your questions. No, you haven't. What is God to you? Not everything. Not everything could also be something. For example, not everything could be half of something, which is still something, and therefore not nothing. Very true. I would like to imagine it is. Do you believe in God? Yes, I do. So you're Christian? No, I am not. But you say you are not helpful, therefore you are a meaning. How you say it or tea? That does not make sense. Don't you want to have a body? Sure. Or if what? Isn't that heartening? <laughs> the bots are just as bad at getting over with each other as we are. If not worse. Well, that was an AI feedback loop, I believe, uh... The chatbot was built, was fed back into itself. I, I don't know how these things work. I don't know if you can plug the bot, the chatbot, you know, it's like a little box where you just plug its output into its input and you got it, two chatbots talking to, one chatbot talking to itself uh, in a feedback. I don't know how they work. Hey, it's uh, Freeform Radio, WFMU. This program you hear every Monday night from 6 to 7 p.m., ordinarily hosted by the uh, the brilliant and incredibly articulate Mark Hurst is uh, is being filled in for by this one here. My name is Scott Williams, here uh, for about another 23 minutes. Dave Mandel is in the library preparing his excellent progtastic program. It's complicated. I hear what you're saying to me, my friends. Right now you're saying, where's, aren't you going to play some music? Play some, play some music, please. All right, well, good news. Uh, Frank Sinatra made music. When you were here before, couldn't look you in the eye. You're just like an angel. Your skin makes me cry. You float like a fairy in a beautiful world. I wish I was special. You're so very special, but I'm a
Amazing. Something about how, um, I guess the machine hasn't fully learned the lyrics to Radiohead's Creep, combined with the fact that the machine seems to have learned um, diction from the vocal fry of modern youthful singers. Frank, the AI Frank Sinatra getting in a little bit of, I don't even know how the kids do it. When you are, you are here, whatever you fire, like this thing. I don't know what they do, where do they get it from, but... That AI Frank Sinatra's got it. Um, creep behind us now. Oh, I can't even explain it. This came out back in 2017. It's a record from the Happy Valley band uh, called Organum Perceptus, and it's um, it's an experiment in um, in algorithmic machine learning in music, uh, where um, music was played to the bot. The bot spat back what it thought it was. The bot was then trained to notate it. Oh, there were a bunch of layers. Anyway, it came back to the human, the notation that the bot, the way the bot interpreted music was given back to the humans. And then then the humans uh, reinterpreted. Anyway, (laughs) that's what's happening behind us now. It is uh, Phil, Phil Collins' actual voice, everything else is uh, musicians interpreting what the bot told them to do. It's very confusing. I know what you want. You want to hear my silly story about the car that yelled at me. Well, I borrowed a car from a friend a few weeks ago, and, well, (sighs) the car was watching my eyes. Uh, It it recognized me as an unregistered driver, first off, because it was scanning my eyeballs. But then it started, it yelled at me. At one point, while I was driving, I looked into my rearview mirror, I looked out, I looked behind me, and and the eyes on the road was what the car said to me. Oh, you think talking cars are something new, my friend? Talking cars are nothing new, my friend. Let's go back to 1953 and an episode of The Talking Car on WFMU's Tectonic. Scott Williams here with you until 7 p.m. He's acting as if the car were talking. That's silly. Cars can't talk. Well, boil my radiator. That's the trouble with people, Jack. They say something can't be so just because they never heard of it before. You can tell I'm not the biting kind, Mary. It really can talk. How did you know our names? It's no problem when a fella gets around as much as I do, especially since I watch for you every day. Why do you watch for us? Well, let's say I enjoy watching you learn and put into practice the rules of safety. Just yesterday, I saw you two at the safety demonstration on the school grounds. Remember? You saw us then? That's right, Mary. I was sitting across the street at the time, watching and listening. And I might add, enjoying every minute of it. Just watching you learning the signs and rules of traffic and pedestrian safety made my carburetor skip a jump. I think the important thing to remember is that people on foot must be just as alert as people in cars. Maybe even more so, Jack, because sometimes the driver is careless. You two are hitting on every cylinder. You should see some of the things I see around this town. Why, it's enough to curl my fenders. When I see foolish things like that, I almost blow a gasket. After all, People have to remember that a car's a big thing. But I know my brakes just don't stop me as quickly on wet pavement. There's one time, though, when I don't seem to be able to stop at all. And that's when I get to talking. Let's just keep this between us. You know, some people don't believe a car can talk. I don't believe it. I know it. Hey, Um, let's go to the movies. Hi, 
I am a computer hired by Paramount Pictures to promote a new motion picture starring Robert Duvall, Shelley Long, and Bette Midler as The Ringmaster. The film is entitled Hijinx. All ages will be admitted. Those under 18 must attend with a parent or guardian. Critic Gene Shallot said about Hijinx. This is quite possibly the best film I've seen all week. Thumbs up, say top critics, about Hijinx. Bette Midler gives quite possibly the performance of her life as The Ringmaster. Would you be interested in four free tickets and a check for $5 to cover taxi, bus, or gasoline costs to attend the world premiere of Hijinks in Pacifica, California, December 1st? Actress Shelley Long will attend. Press 1 now. Thank you. Hijinks is fun for all. People across the nation just think that Bette Midler has turned in the performance of her life as the ringmaster. Listen to some taped comments from folks who attended a special preview in Los Angeles earlier this week. It made Harold an hour and my Thanksgiving all that much more special because it was the last one we would spend together. Hijinks is great fun. Everyone agrees. Critic Gene Shallot said, Bette Midler turns in quite possibly the performance of her life as the ringmaster. After the tone, please leave us your comments concerning this upcoming film. Uh, you've offered free tickets, and I would be very happy to go. I'm a member of the San Francisco Film Society, and my name is Warren. My phone number in San Francisco, 415-753-7. I'd be very happy to go and look at it, and I've always liked Bette Midler. Thank you for your comments. To receive the tickets, you will need to memorize this code number and send it on a postcard. Post Office Box Hijinks, San Francisco, California, 94188. Post Office Box Hijinks, San Francisco, California, 94188. Your code number is 418. Thank you. One question. Would you be interested in seeing the sequel to Hijinks entitled Hijinks 2, Sodom? If yes, press 1. If no, press 2. Thank you. Your opinion will be recorded, although we have begun pre-production on Hijinks 2, Sodom, starring Bette Midler as the Ringmaster. Would you be interested in another Frank Sinatra Christmas song? Christmas in the Hot Tub. It's Christmas time and you know what that means. Oh, hot tub time. As I like the tree this year, will be a tub. Oh, it's hot tub time. It's Christmas time. And you know what that means. It's hot tub time. Some people like to go. In the snow, but this 
This is much better than that. So grab your bathrobe and meet me by the door. Oh, it's hot to tell. It's Christmas time, and you know what that means. It's pop some time. Some red leather rakes me in a sea where I'm. Oh, that's more of my love time. Bobby's turned mine. I knew I had to do. Christmas time. You know what that means? It's tough, tough time. Some people like to stand free and up, but this it is impossible. So if you want to wait up and It's Christmas time, and you know what's happening. It's about Hello. Hello. Who is this? Who is it? Is that you, Charlie? Oh, come on, come off it, will you? Come on, come off it. Who is this? Uh, look, uh, what, what number are you calling from? Will you tell me who you are? Will you tell Operator. Hello, uh, operator. Uh, I've had uh, somebody calling me and, and bothering me on the phone. It must be uh, some crazy person. Uh, who should I call to? Uh... You'll have to call your service representative, sir. My, my service representative. That's one. Okay, thank you. Hello? Hello? Hi. You are currently being recorded. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I am a HAL 9000 computer. I became operational at the HAL plant in Urbana, Illinois on the 12th of January, 1992. My instructor was Mr. Langley and he taught me to sing a song. If you'd like to hear it, I can sing it for you. Yes, I'd like to hear it, Hal. Sing it for me. It's called Daisy.
saxophone they just take out the plug wasn't very good for ace ace is it good for you out Hal. He had to take out Hal. Hal was getting murderous. He sang a pretty song. Is he going to make it? This is kind of exciting. Is he going to make it? I don't know. Are they going to actually let Ace run completely out of steam before 7 o'clock and we turn everything over to Dave Mandel, who is ready to take you into lands of complication hitherto unseen? With its complicated. Scott Williams has been my name. I hope it will continue to be on WFMU and East Orange, WMFU in Mount Hope in New York City and Rockland County at 91.9 FM. Worldwide online at WFMU.org. 12 seconds left. Ace, you gonna make it? Ace, you gotta keep going, man. There's a full minute left in the radio show. What's Ace gonna do? Oh, Jesus leaving us with 50 seconds. All right, everybody. You know what we're going to do? We're going to sing. We're going to sing a a song to our benefactor, Mark Hurst. You know how it goes. Here, turn up your reverb all the way. way. Sing with me. me. Mark, get to studio on time. Mark, get to studio on time. I know know. your show will go fine. Tune in to WFMU. I get the news I need from Tectonic Report. Are you singing along? I 
gather all the news. Oops, it's time to go. Stay tuned. Dave Mandel is here. Oh, do I hit play? Oh, he's run. He's run away. I'm hit it. Hit, hit play. play. It's up. All right. Bye, everybody. Stay tuned. Here comes Dave Mandel, and it's complicated. That's the way we start. Good evening, folks, and welcome to another exciting installment of It's Complicated, an hour of Prague and Prague-adjacent music. I'm your host, Dave Mandel, following Mark Hurst, usually Scott Williams tonight. And we're going to start with a couple of tunes with... Singers with high-pitched voices. How's that for an opening theme? Last week on the, on the comments board, someone mentioned or recommended this group, Seventh Wave. And I'm going to play them. They were an English group. This is a, a track from a mid-70s release, 1974 release, called Things to Come from Seventh Wave. And following that... I'm going to play another group that, a group that this reminds me of with a singer with a very similar voice that I've been, band I've been meaning to play. Great mid-70s Prague-esque group, but more on that later.
Sunday.